Well, good evening, church. Good evening, church. It's good to see you. And um, I'm taking a, doing something a little different tonight. I really want to use this time as an encouragement to each of you in a particular uh, area of your life that you may find uh, very easy to do. Other times you may find it more challenging, and so I want to be encouraging tonight in that regard. Um, we noticed this morning with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus that one of the results of the Lord Jesus coming near was that they wanted to tell other people about him, and they wanted to share their story. And it's the most natural thing in the world to share the story of what Jesus has done for you. Uh, it's very easy, for example, when you think about anything else, when good happens to you, right? Whenever anything else good happens to you, you, you just tell everybody. Uh, not too terribly long ago, uh, I got ready to pay for my meal at lunch, and somebody had bought my lunch. I told everybody, I found out who it was. I told, I've told people since then, so-and-so bought my lunch. Bought my lunch. Bought my lunch. Wasn't that great? <laughs> Bought my lunch. And Jesus did so much more than buy our lunch. And, um, and so it should be a natural thing. And what I want to encourage you tonight is when it comes to talking about your relationship to the Lord, it should be a natural thing. And we have made it, I fear, uh, in too many times. Uh, we have made it something that you almost need a degree in order to do. And I want to kind of step back from that tonight. I want to make this as simple as I possibly can. I'm not to insult anyone's intelligence. And for some of you, because I know who you are and I know something of your life, uh, this may just only be an encouragement and a refresher for you on the basics of just talking about the Lord. But for others, you may have found it to be a challenge. You may have wondered, well, I don't even know where to start and, you know, what do I say? And so I want to give you just a brief overview, and I told you it's simple, so I'm going to keep it really simple. And then what I'd like to do, and this is where I'm kind of being bold, uh, I'm going to have a microphone, and I'm going to invite volunteers. I'm not going to pick people, okay, right? Any amens? I'm not going to pick anybody, but I'm going to give you an opportunity if you would like to share your story, to share that story with us of how Jesus saved you. And so... Um, so if you want, I would encourage you, if you um, normally take notes to do so, I've got just about uh, two or three passages that I want to call attention to, and then I'm going to, um, you know, and if nobody comes, it's going to be a really short service, okay? So, so, um, um, so I'm kind of trusting you to just follow the Lord's lead. I want to call your attention to Acts chapter 26. Because in Acts chapter 26, we have occasion where in the book of Acts, we know Paul was saved in, in Acts chapter 9. But when you come to chapter 26, and actually, um, uh, there's actually, uh, back in chapter 22, he does the same thing. But I want to use the example in chapter 26, where Paul shares his testimony of how Jesus saved him. Now, as far as what he actually said... I think it's an example where everybody's story is unique. Now, the gospel never changes, 
But your story and what Christ did for you is unique. And so don't think that your story, because it's not the same as someone else's story, is not a worthy story. And I'll say more about that in just a moment. But in Acts chapter 26, Paul is in a, in a legal setting. He is trying to explain to a king and to a Roman leader why he was arrested by another guy several years earlier. And, and so he's in this position of trying to explain that. But he uses it as an opportunity to share his story, to tell his story. And, and so he begins in uh, uh, chapter 26, uh, verse 1, Then Agrippa said to Paul, You are permitted to speak for yourself. So Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy. I love that. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused by the Jews, especially because you are expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. And he's kind of buttering him up. I mean, can you hear that? Um, he's, he's trying to gain his hearing. And so when you're talking to someone, you certainly don't want to turn people off. And if it's obvious they don't want to talk to you... Um, don't, don't do what I did when I was 17. I mean, pay attention to that. Take a cue. <laughs> uh, if somebody's really not prepared to listen to you, then um, you don't want to force yourself on them and uh, be aggressive and be obnoxious. Okay? So you don't want to go there. But he has an open opportunity, and he's taking full advantage of that. Uh, by the way, how, how would you develop this opportunity? How would this opportunity come to you? Uh, years ago, in a workplace, I found one of the easier ways to do it was to sort of, of uh, leave people with a, uh, a statement that would just sort of sit out there. And one of the things I want to do is share the gospel, share my story, when someone wants to hear it. And so, typically, as you befriend people, they will confide in you. They'll tell you when they're having a bad day. They'll talk to you about when you're having problems and those sorts of things, right? I mean, when you become friends, you share the good stuff that's going on, the not-so-good stuff. And that's why it's important that we build relationships with people that don't know the Lord. And as they share their troubles with us and their difficulties with us, we can respond to them with a kind of mercy and love and grace that they may not get anywhere else. And one of the things I would do is I'd just listen to people and I'd pray for them. And if they would let me, I'd pray for them right there on the spot in, um, in the office of that, that firm where I work. They, I would just pray for them right there. And typically, uh, at the end of a conversation where they're talking to me and I'm listening to them, and then maybe I say, hey, let's pray about this. Can I pray for you? Uh, one of the last things I would always say, and um, it's not original to me. I heard it years ago, and it just sort of stuck with me. But one of the last things I would say is, you know, sometime... When you have time, I'd like to share with you two or three things about how to have a relationship with God that changed my life. That's just one sentence. But sometime, when you have time, I'd like to share with you two or three things about how to have a relationship with God that absolutely changed my life. And I just leave that out there. And eventually what you want is, is for that person to eventually come to you and say, I, I want to hear about that. And on multiple occasions, that's exactly what happened uh, in my experience. And so I, I wasn't, and, and there were other times where I didn't have to salt or, or uh, try to create interest. 
I, I just was able to tell them my story because it was just the time to do it. So, um, what, there's three sections here, and, and you may want to mark it in your Bible, or you may just want to mark it on a piece of notepaper. But verses 4 through 11 describe what life was like for Paul before Christ. And so, an important part of any time that you share your story is you want to be able to talk about your life before Christ. And what, what are you trying to, to do at that point is, is really explain to them what was going on with you. And with each person, it may have been different. And I jotted some things down before I came. Before, I might be talking about a lack of peace. That was certainly true for me. The world was a very dark place. Uh, something missing, a fear of death, no meaning to life, a desire to be in control, not being able to be in control, loneliness, a lack of security, a lack of purpose, a lack of significance, no real friends, no motivation. I mean, there's a thousand different things you could talk about. But what you're doing is you're establishing really credibility with someone who doesn't know Christ, who says, yeah, man, that's where I'm at. I, I hear that, and I'm identifying with that, and I recognize yeah, yeah. So where did you go? I mean, they want to hear the rest of the story now. So you, you, you start by talking about your life before Christ. And the Apostle Paul, in verse 4, he says, My manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation in Jerusalem, all the Jews know, they knew from the first, if they were willing to testify, that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. Uh, to this promise, our 12 tribes, earnestly serving God, night and day, hope to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. And he goes down in verse uh, 10, verse 9, he says, Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. That's the way I used to think, he says. This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison. It's one of the great griefs of Paul's life when he looked back at what he used to do. He said, I used to shut saints up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And that's where I was. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. That was his life before Christ. I mean, this guy was, was tough. He was brutal. And he was thoroughly committed to the national religion of Judaism. And so he is, he is telling this, King Agrippa is Jewish. And, um, and so this great king is listening to him. And no doubt he can identify with much of what he just described. Now the second thing, verses 12 to 20 Paul talks about how Jesus saved him. So the first part of your story is before, and then you want to talk about how. What, what happened? Uh, what, was, what, was, what were the circumstances that occurred where you heard the gospel and you trusted Jesus? And you just tell the story. You don't have to be a theologian. Uh, if you're saved, you were there. And you can simply describe what took place. In his case, he talks about the Damascus Road and how he was on a journey to persecute Christians. And in the midst of that journey, uh, he says in verse 14, 
that there was this one, there was this light from heaven. And in verse 14, when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. I, I think verse 18 is one you could read every day before you go to work, before you interact with anybody, before you see a neighbor. God is sending me to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Now, that's pretty heavy though. I mean, most of us did not have a blinding light. Most of us were not struck down to the ground. Most of us don't have a dramatic story. But your story is just as real and just as powerful and just as significant because Jesus saved you. And, and he has done something for you. So you came to this place where you understood that he died for you on the cross. That his death on the cross, he was taking your place. And he was the substitute taking your punishment for your sins. He rose from the dead to prove that sins were completely forgiven. And, um, and when you put your trust in him, your sins were forgiven. And Jesus came to live inside you through his Holy Spirit to change you. Now, aside from the, the very basics about sin and the penalty of sin and the provision that Jesus gives through the cross and the, and, and the obedience to that, that gospel message of just trusting him, uh, your story is your story. But don't lose the gospel in telling it. Uh, one of the dangers, for example, of, of your life before Christ is you can spend all your time talking about how bad you are and not how good Jesus is. And, um, and so, you know, people don't need all the gory details, uh, but they do need to know enough to know that you've been saved from something. So, so in this middle section, he talks about his conversion. So the worst, first part of it is before. The first part of your story is what happened before. The middle part of your story is how. How did it happen? And then the last part of your story is after. Okay, so you have before, how, and after. Just three words, before, how, and after. And for Paul, he talks about that in verses 19 to 23. And he goes on and describes what happened after his conversion. Now, before, how, and after. Uh, some of you went through the earlier uh, membership classes here at Wind Baptist Church, and you wrote out your story, didn't you? How many of y'all did that? Uh, quite a few. You wrote out your story as part of the membership process. And, um, and that's a great exercise to sit down and actually write it out. But you know, so much of the time, each person you talk to, your story doesn't change, but what parts of the story you tell may have some variation. And... Um, and so one of the biggest factors that's going to affect your before and your how and your after is going to depend on 
on um, one of three, I'm just going to pick out three possible scenarios by which your life was changed. And you say, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, let me explain. If you didn't come to know Christ until you were an adult, let's say after the age of 18, how many came to know Christ here after the age of 18? Okay, all right, maybe 15 or 20 of you. Um, and, um, and those of us who came to know Christ later, we have a very definite before, we have a very definite before, and we have a how and an after. You with me? Because you had, you had lived long enough to have a before, all right? Okay, the second, and, and so it's very easy for you to take what I just gave you, the before, how, and after, and to tell your story. Now, the other possibility is you had an early conversion and a later adult commitment. An early conversion and a later adult commitment. And what do I mean by that? I mean that you came to know Christ as a child. It was, um, it was real. It was authentic. But you were a child. And as you grew, uh, you learned some things, but there were many things you didn't learn for whatever reason. You weren't taught, you weren't discipled, you weren't uh, encouraged, and somewhere as a teenager or maybe even as a young adult, uh, your childhood decision uh, became more real to you, you understood it more fully, and you said, I'm ready to go deeper with Christ. And you, you took the next steps and you began to grow. And this stalled out place where you were uh, was over. And so your story is going to be different. Yes, you may have made a decision as a child, but you also may have bounced around and made some major, major mistakes along the way. And, um, and that's a valid possibility. Uh, we've got a dear friend, a pastor's wife, and um, if she were standing here, she would tell you that from her childhood when she made an initial decision uh, through early adulthood, there were seven very significant encounters with God, and each step took her to another level in her walk with the Lord. And if you were to ask her, when did you trust Christ with absolute certainty? When did you get it right? She'd be a little bit challenged. But the fact is, is that she loves the Lord Jesus with all her heart, and she's walking with him today. And so her story may be a little different. Your story may be a little different. It may not fit the exact before, how, and after. There's no question in our minds that Jesus saves an individual at a point in time when we trust him. But how many of you have trusted him more than once? Now, you don't have to raise your hand. And, um, and, and so your story may be a little different. Early conversion, adult commitment. You say, well, what if I look back and my early conversion as a, um, as a child, I realized was not authentic. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what was going on. We saw an example of that recently with Tim Cullum, where Tim made a childhood division, and now as an adult, uh, he came to realize that he couldn't even remember what he did as a child and did not fully understand what he did as a child. And so he came and trusted Jesus as an adult. Well, he's not in this category, is he? He's not in a early conversion and then an adult commitment. He's back in the first category. He had an adult conversion. He has now a before, a how, and an after. So just be sensitive to that and, and uh, don't uh, beat yourself up if your story's a little different. Uh, another possibility is early conversion, consistent growth. 
Early conversion, consistent growth is a situation where somebody comes to know Christ as a child and they just continually grow. And they, they grow in their understanding, they develop, they mature into a man of faith or a woman of faith uh, nonstop. But they don't have much of a before. If they came to know Christ when they were six or seven or eight, they don't have uh, a before. And, and so in that particular case, you may talk much more about the how and a whole lot more about the after. And, and just a word about that. You know, sometimes uh, I shared something in my story this morning, and I was 17. And sometimes people who were, came to know Christ when they were six or seven, they say, well, I didn't have those, those major dramatic turning points. I didn't have that. And so my testimony is not as um, interesting. My story is not as interesting as somebody else's. Not so. Not so. Listen, it took as much grace to save the worst sinner in history as it took to save a child at age six. Same grace, same cross, same requirement, same action, the same how, no different. And so never be ashamed of this, to say, well, I came to know Christ at six, and, and I, actually, I actually grew up walking with him. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, that's grace. That's powerful grace, and you don't ever need to be ashamed of that. So, Everybody that knows Jesus has a story. And I only mention the words before, how, and after so that you might have a starting point where, you know, how can I organize my thoughts? Now, in saying this, let me say a couple other things, and then we're going to take a few moments to hear some of your stories. You can just jot this down, but this is a verse that's familiar to you if you were with us this summer. 1 Peter 3.15 but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So you're not arrogant or putting somebody down, but you're doing it with meekness and fear. Always be ready. What does be ready mean? It means be ready. There's no, there's no magic there. And so there is encouragement in God's word to think about your story to the extent that if you have the opportunity to share your story, you're ready. You're ready. It's okay to premeditate it. It's okay to think about it. It's okay to give some thought to it. Um, Now, that being said, I want to mention as well uh, Matthew chapter 10 and listen to what Jesus says. He tells us something very important. On one hand, I'm encouraging you as a pastor and a brother to give some thought to your story and the more you, you would reflect about your story and how you would tell it, I believe that you are in a much better place to share your story. But Jesus tells us something very important. Matthew 10, 16, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. Now listen to this, verse 19, Matthew 10. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Praise the Lord. That moment when you feel least prepared, 
least qualified, least able to say anything that's going to do any good, scared to death. Jesus says, don't worry, I'm going to, the Father's going to give you what you need to say. And, um, and listen, there's, there's no harm in, in thinking about what you just did when you walk away from a conversation. There's no harm in that, but don't beat yourself up over that. Say, oh, I thought of something else I should have said. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust him to speak through you, okay? All right. What I'd like us to do for the next um, 10 minutes or so is give uh, a few of us an opportunity to share our story. I only ask that you be concise, okay? Um, I think that's important tonight so that we can give others an opportunity. So if you take the whole 10 minutes, you know, we're all going to think bad of you the rest of the week. <laughs> so, so you want to be concise and, um, and not burn up the whole time. <laughs> But I want to give you an opportunity. Share your story. And just, just give us the basics of the story, the before, the how, and after, okay? And don't worry about um, being, being a spectacular or, or whatever. Just uh, pray my favorite prayer, help me, Jesus, and tell your story, okay? Who'd like to go first? I'm going to grab Rex's mic over here. Volunteer. Willing to share your story. Come on. <laughs> Tell them who you are. Yes. Okay. Well, there are a lot of people in here. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm Destiny Davis. I go to Wynn High School. And I'm going to start with that before how and after thing because I don't really know how to do this. But... Uh, I'm going to start at like the very beginning. Um, when I was a little girl, I don't remember any of it, but my birth mom, uh, she gave up on me, so I didn't really, I lived with my dad and my grandma and all that kind of stuff, and for a long, like I lost my brother and my granddad for, that was like the first four years, and um, so for the longest time, I thought, well, how could God love me because he did all this stuff to me and I questioned my worth because my birth mom gave up on me and um, then it was D-Now last year and um, yeah 2015 yeah okay and um, he was talking about the four types of people and he said the first one is like the person that has it all figured out and they don't have to worry they're putting all their worries on God the second one is they're a Christian but they have a lot of doubts the third one is they say they're a Christian but it's obvious they're not and the fourth one was um, that they don't have anything figured out and they really don't say they're a Christian and I thought about that and I was the fourth person because I went to church and all that stuff, but I couldn't remember the last time I had said I was a Christian. And that kind of made me think about it. And he said, if you want to be saved, raise your hand. And I didn't really think about it. I just kind of did it. In the end, 
And then um, he said, well, if you're going to, if you raise your hand, go to the back. And there was like four people that went to the back. And this was like the first night. And he, uh, and Brother Dustin sent me to Miss Beth Clegg. And uh, we talked about it for a little bit. And then that was January 16th. And I got baptized February 2nd. And since then, I still worry, I still think about, like, self-worth and all that kind of stuff. Like, I still kind of deal with that, but it's not as bad as it was before. Like, I can still, <laughs> I can still look at, uh, I still look at those things, but then I look at the good things, too. Like, I'm pointing you out, Mama. Um... I have a person that wanted me and adopted me even though I wasn't wanted by my birth mom. So, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Destiny. Before, how, and after. Way to go. Good job. You just showed up at all the adults here. And uh, good job. Thank you. Anybody else? Would you like to come and just share your story? Come on. You're next. Great, Gail. Thank you. Tell them who you are. The ones that don't know you. I mean, some of them do. Mostly everybody in here knows me. Uh, my name's William Charles Pikes. Um, I walked with Christ for a long time, for a very long time. He's real, heaven is a real physical place. It is not within this realm. I think that the worst thing for me to ever get over was that when I used to drive a truck, I'd go down to Florida and I would stop just a little ways off the interstate, just a little peaceful time for myself. Because yes, it, it's stressful. It's stressful when you do have to get, grow up and go to work and please the boss. <laughs> Everybody knows that. And anyhow, um, he actually told me to jump into a spring with alligators one time. Can I tell these people that? I mean, I had to, and, and, and I beat myself up for it for a long time, and that deals with forgiveness, you know, by touching base on what you said earlier. You have to learn to forgive yourself for the days gone by in the past, and you can't keep remembering bad things. You have to remember good, focused, positive vibes on people. And that is one of the very hardest struggles I've had with myself in my walk with Christ. Um, he's going to tell you to do things sometimes in, in your own little time. Whichever, he'll find every one of y'all and do that with. I, I just assume that he will, if he will with me. I mean, he, you know. And it's a test, and I, 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 I came to, you know, I've, I've made plenty of bad choices in my life, and I've made plenty of good choices, but I've always shared some of the heartache and days gone by past with people that are going through the same experiences that I've had to help them out, to bring them up out of, of you know, the heartache and, and badness, and that's, that's really what my walk, walk with Christ has been. But anyway, here, Brother Don. All right. Thank you. That took a lot of courage. And thank you for sharing your story. Uh, 
Gail? This is Gail Martinson. This is not easy, but uh, I was saved when I was uh, 12 years old over at Morton Baptist Church. I was baptized in Cash River, and uh, as I grew older, then I married and I moved away, and uh, I got away from church. And it was just a gradual thing. And years went by, everything was fine. I had problems, I've always been a strong person. I fixed my own problems, not have a problem, fix it, have a problem, fix it. And so finally, uh, everything was perfect. I had a nice home, I had a good husband, uh, I had a good job, I had good children, I had a good bank account, I had a good retirement plan. Uh, everything was perfect. But I worked shift work, and I never had a problem until when I would go to work on the midnight shift, I would be crying all the way to work. And, but I never had that feeling when I was alone, I mean, when I was with my family. So finally, uh, this went on for weeks, and so finally I thought, what's wrong with you? Uh, and I was just sobbing on the way to work at night by myself. And, and I started talking to myself. I said, well, now what's the problem? If you were depressed, you'd be depressed all the time. And, but it's only when you're alone. And so I realized, I thought, well, you've got everything. You've you got a good kid. You've got a good husband. You've got a good living. You've got a nice home. You don't have anything to worry about. And I thought, I've turned my back on God. Hmm. And he let me fix my problems on and on and on and on. And finally, he put me in a place where I couldn't fix it. So I asked forgiveness, and I turned my life over to God. And I started praying for my husband. And he came to God. That's my story. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gail. You know, one of the neat things about Gail's story is she's a perfect example of early conversion followed by adult commitment. And, and, and here's what that illustrates. What God starts, God finishes. If you've ever been born again, he doesn't let you go. And he continues to work in you until he brings you to the place that he brought Gail to where she gives her heart fully to him. And so that's a great, great example. And thank you for sharing that, Gail. Um, come on, Mary Catherine. Anybody else interested as well? And you can come on up, maybe just wait up here. All right, Mary Catherine, why don't you get on the second step? All right, talk to us. Okay, so... Um I was saved when I was about seven, um, and I felt fine, and I really um, felt like I was saved, but deep down inside, I just didn't really feel like I truly was. So um, this year, I um, went to camp at a camp, a camp called Brook Hill, I think, um, 
hot springs, and uh, I, well, we were singing, and it, I just had this really emotional part where I just busted out crying, and it's when I just really felt saved, and I just cried a lot, and I really, truly just felt totally changed, and I guess I, I just haven't felt the same since then, and I really just feel truly saved, and yeah. Okay. Thank you, Mary Catherine. All right. So, very clearly, she had an encounter with the Lord, and it's part of the journey that God has with her. And always you can remember what God starts, God finishes. So, thank you, Mary Catherine, for sharing. We got time for another one? Got two of you. I've been a pastor's kid or a missionary's kid all my life, and I was, grew up in the home where even if you're sick, you were going to church. And um, I was saved when I was eight years old, and I followed Christ, and I just loved God with all my heart and all my soul. But I went through a really hard time. Um, when uh, After our son was born, we had three miscarriages, and we lost the little boy um, after that with a severe heart condition. And then God gave me grace. And uh, I remember sitting in the hospital for six months um, when she was born, and I got a really hard time just begging God, God, show me every day that you're with me, and show me every day that you're there with me. And he just told me over and over, open your Bible. And every day I would open my Bible and find scripture and find faith and find hope in God that no matter what we're going through, we don't have control over it, God does. And when we fall down, he picks us up. And every day, he's guided me, directed me, and been there. And I may not have gotten to always do everything I wanted to do, but he's there for me. And, and following God and leaning on God. And uh, then he gave us faith. And you can't have grace without faith or faith without grace. And our kids' names are Keith, Grace, and Faith, and it's keep God first. And that's what we've always tried to do in our marriage is keep God first. Thank you, Delia. And um, that's something God's doing right now. And you know, something she illustrates really well is how um, you strengthen your heart in the Lord when you're low. And um, it may be something we talk about here in a few weeks, but she, she described that very well, that one of, the, one of the things that we have as Christians is the ability to go to the Lord when we are empty and to strengthen our heart in the Lord. And he refreshes us and resets us. Come on and share your story. Tell them who you are. Uh, my name is Tyler Cobble. Um, I'm sharing my testimony. And I had a brother that passed away. He was one years old. And we had five. And we were called the Cobble Clan. And, <laughs> and um, uh that just changed me around. I was hanging out with the wrong people, uh, just couldn't redirect myself. And I went to Central, and they were asking me, how can I change my life around? And I said, uh, through Jesus. And uh, I repented, and we just, we just did some pretty silly things. 
uh, uh, we snuck out at night, did, and then like I got me and my stepmom argued a lot. I uh, I had to move in with my grandparents, and uh, I'm having a better life here now. So, yeah. Amen. All right. Thank you, Tyler. Well, it's not hard to tell your story, and you have a story to tell. And I want to encourage you, especially as we go into the week, just, just be open to those moments where you know you might be able to encourage someone with what God's done in your life. And, um, and so thank you so much for doing that before, how, and after. Before, how, and after. So thank you so much. Let me pray for us. And um, I tell you what, I want to do one thing before we go. Um, I'm going to ask Rex and uh, the group to come back up here. And uh, I want us to uh, take a moment and to uh, just worship the Lord, give thanks for the stories we've heard and for our own stories. But you know, if you're here and you don't have a story tonight, and you realize that I can't remember a time where I realized that, that I was a sinner and that Jesus died for my sins. And I trusted him, he forgave me. I can't remember when that happened. And so maybe tonight is the time that he's spoken to you and you realize that, that um, you need Jesus and you need him to save you. And so I want to encourage you to, uh, to stand with me. Let me pray for us and um, the pastors and I will be down front. And if you need to talk to one of us, pray with one of us and uh, we'll share with you what you need to know, and you can leave here tonight uh, with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Our Father and our God, thank you for this very simple truth that a story shared is the primary means that you have chosen to spread the gospel throughout the world, and that you have chosen us, and you have done a work inside of us. And by simply sharing what you have done, it's been your intent that others would come to know Jesus. So, Father, we have done that tonight in different ways, talking about different parts of our life with you. And I pray for that dear one tonight or, or um, uh, someone that has come and they realize it's time. It's time to trust Christ according to the need of each individual here. Would you come and meet with us now, we pray in Jesus' name.